Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Wherever you may be and whenever you may listen to this, I hope you find something that you are looking for. In this episode, I will be reading Owl and Pussycat Some Years Later by Margaret Atwood. This podcast is designed so as I read, you have the opportunity to question and ponder the meaning of the work, as well as how it may relate to your own life. Or if you simply want to listen to good poetry, just relax and take it in. Margaret Atwood is a literary critic, novelist, poet, and activist best known for her novel, The Handmaid's Tale. She was born in 1939 in Canada, and according to a documentary, she was always taught to live unconventionally. Her interest in poetry first came from the beat movement that rooted itself in local coffee shops around Toronto. She has been given numerous awards throughout her life. Much of her work as a novelist falls under the genre of speculative or dystopian fiction, and it often carries a strong message about social or environmental justice. Her poetry portrays similar themes, but discusses and analyzes the nature of emotions as well. In its most basic essence, her work is a reflection of society, both as it is and as it could be, warning each one of us of the dangers we face when living in extremes, and comforting us by examining the truest human condition. I apologize for the delay in episodes. Just last week, I lost a good friend of mine, and this poem helped me remediate some of my grief. So today, I don't have any questions. I encourage you just to listen with an open heart and sink into all of its beauty and woe. So without further ado, let us begin. Owl and Pussycat, Some Years Later by Margaret Atwood. So here we are again, my dear, on the same shore we set out from years ago when we were promising, but minus now, a lot of hair or fur or feathers, whatever. I like the bifocals. They make you look even more like an owl than you are. I suppose we both come far But how far are we truly from where we started under the fresh laid moon when we plotted to astound? When we thought something of meaning could still be done by singing or won like trophies? I took the fences, you the treetops, where we hooted and yowled our carnivorous, fervid hearts out. And see, we did get prizes. There they are, a scroll, a gold watch and a kiss-off handshake from the stand-in for the muse, who couldn't come herself but sent regrets. Now we can say flattering things about each other on dust jackets, whatever made us think we could change the world. Us in clever punctuation marks, a machine gun now that would be different. No more unctuous adjectives, cut straight to the verb. Ars longa, more brevissima, the life of poetry breeds the lust for action of the most ordinary sort, whacking the heads off dandelions, or bats, or bureaucrats, smashing car windows, though at least we've been tolerated, or even celebrated, which meant a brief caper in the transient glare of the sawdust limelight, and your face used later for fish wrap but most of the time I ignored 
by this crowd that has finally admitted to itself it doesn't give much of a fart for art and would rather see a good evisceration any day. You might as well have been a dentist as your father hoped. You want attention still? Take your clothes off at a rush hour stoplight, howl obscenities, or shoot someone. You'll get your name in the paper, maybe, for what it's worth. In any case, where do we both get off? Is the small talent we have prized so much and rubbed like silver spoons until it shone at least as brightly as neon? Really so much better than the ability to win the sausage eating contest or juggle six plates at once? What's the use anyway of calling the dead back, moving stones or making animals cry? I think of you loping along at night to the convenience store to buy your pint of milk your six medium eggs, your head stuffed full of consonants like lovely pebbles. You picked up on some lustrous beach you can't remember. My feather-headed fool, what have you got in your almost empty pockets that would lure even the lowliest mugger? Who needs your handful of glimmering air, your foxfire, your few underwater crystal tricks that only work in the moonlight? Noon hits them and they fall apart old bones and earth, old teeth, a bundle full of shadows. Sometimes, I know, the almost holy whiteness rooted in our skulls spreads out like thistles in a vacant lot, a hot powdery flare-up, which is not a halo, and will return at intervals, if we're grateful or else lucky, and will end by fusing our neurons, yet singing's a belief we can't give up. Anything can become a saint if you pray to it enough. Spaceship, teacup, wolf. And what we want is intercession. That iridescent ribbon that once held song to object. We feel everything hovering on the verge of becoming itself. The tree is almost a tree. The dog pissing against it won't be a dog unless we notice it and call it by its name. Here, dog. And so we stand on balconies and rocky hilltops and caterwaul our best. And the world flickers in and out of being and we think it needs our permission. We shouldn't flatter ourselves, really. It's the other way around. We're at the mercy of any stray, rabid mongrel or thrown stone or cancerous ray or our own bodies. We were born with mortality's hook in us, and year by year it drags us where we're going, down. But surely there is still a job to be done by us, at least. A time to be passed, for instance. We could celebrate inner beauty, gardens, love and desire, lust, children. Social justice of various kinds include fear and war. Describe what it is to be tired. Now we're getting there. But this is much too pessimistic. Hey, we've got each other and a roof and regular breakfasts. Cream and mice for our sort elsewhere. It's even worse. A heaved boot, poisoned meat, or dragged by the wings or tail. Off to some wall or trench and forced to kneel and have your brains blown out, splattering all over that nature we folks are so keen on in the company of a million others. Let it be said, and in the name of what? What noun, what god or state, 
The world becomes one huge deep vowel of horror, while behind those mildewed flags, the slogans that always rhyme with dead sit a few old guys making money. So honestly, who wants to hear it? Last time I did that number, honey, the audience was squirrels. But I don't need to tell you. The worst is, now we're respectable. We're in anthologies. We're taught in schools with cleaned up biographies and skewed photos. We're part of the mug show now. In 10 years, you'll be on a stamp where anyone at all can lick you. Ah, well, my dear, our leaky cardboard gondola has brought us this far. Us and our paper guitar, no longer semi-immortal, but molting owl and arthritic pussycat, we row out past the last protecting sandbar towards the salty open sea, the dog's head gate, and after that, oblivion. But sing on, sing on, someone may still be listening besides me, the fish for instance. Anyway, my dearest one, we still have the moon. <laughs>